This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Nancy is a chartered financial analyst. Only about half of the nation's economic impact payments have gone out. We'll talk about who's still waiting for their checks and who will have to return the checks. And as always, we'll take your personal finance questions. You can contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. Hope you're doing well this morning. Good morning, Kevin. So you're remote, too, now. Yes. Um, I think that I might have been exposed, so I've been self-quarantining uh, at home oh. for the last week and a half or so. Fortunately, uh, no symptoms at all in the person who I thought might have been exposed as well as reporting no symptoms. So if I'm clear through the end of the week, I will be good to go and back uh, into uh, limited society, I guess we should say. Well, good luck to you. Thank you. Um, so, uh, first of all, I wanted to uh, to start the show by giving folks uh, the, the Kevin Farrell inside tip for a company that you might want to invest in, uh, in during these uh, the time of the of the coronavirus pandemic, and that is Floby. What is that? Do you remember the uh, hair cutting device that attaches to your vacuum cleaner? Oh my gosh! Well, you know, at my house, uh, my husband took the the scissors to his own hair. He tried to talk me into doing it, and I tried to talk him into cutting mine, and he refused. And so I had to to take matters into my own hands. And I'm afraid what's going to happen when I finally get back to my hairdresser, who says, "Who in the heck did this to your hair?" <laughs> But yeah, I was thinking about that, and so I did a little research. The company is still uh, still around. They're still making Flobies. I think this is uh, the Flobie Generation Three, so uh, it's probably gotten easier to uh, to vacuum cut your hair. But uh, who knows? But that was uh, a big thing back in the '80s, if I remember correctly. Ah, uh, the '80s. Yes, we remember them fondly, don't we? <laughs> we do. Uh, how about some other financial news in the news? Well, we've had some uh, data come out. Of course, we've been talking about the negative GDP for the first quarter, a negative 4.8%, and that only captures the last few weeks of March. So we're expecting a really bad number for the second quarter. So we're just bracing for that and understanding that's what's happening as we have uh, pulled back on economic activity. Um, This week, we're getting employment numbers on Friday. This will be the first Friday of the month and every first Friday of a new month, we get jobs added as well as an unemployment rate. And we're expecting that unemployment rate to be in the double-digit range. Um, We have seen the filings for unemployment claims, and we know that's about 30 million. And so those numbers are not going to be good. With that in mind, um, consumers are increasing their savings. And so as we're seeing the stimulus money go out, a lot of people have done what you've done, Kevin, is, you know, I want to say a little bit because I'm really nervous and things are very uncertain. And so savings rates have gone up to 13%. Uh, The flip side of that means that consumption has gone down uh, about 7.5%. And um, so we're waiting to see what happens now as we start to reopen the economy and business gets up and going. Um, Investors are cautiously optimistic, but I'm also cautioning those investors that we're still going to be trading on news. 
Yeah, in my case, you know, I have uh, been, bought, bought some things. I mentioned I bought some new shoes for tennis. I bought a ceiling fan. But as you mentioned, I think like a lot of people, I just felt like it would be prudent to put, you know, some of it away. I, I felt like just go out and spending willy-nilly would have been irresponsible. So it's always good to build up savings and emergency funds. So that's what I try to do for that. And, you know, once you get that cushion there, I think it will help people maybe rest it just a little bit easier. That's for sure. Well, but the whole point of that stimulus money was to stimulate the economy and to encourage us to take that money and spend. And as you say, not everyone is doing that, so it's not having the full effect that we'd hoped for. And as you also mentioned, there are a lot of people I'm hearing from them who still haven't seen their money show up. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is the economic impact payments. Um, so are there types or uh, categories of people that have not gotten uh, the payment as yet that, that you're aware of? Well, what I'm hearing from the people we work with is those who had not gotten refunds or maybe because they were under a certain income limit, they didn't have to file for whatever reason for a year or so, and so their banking information is not on file. And I've even had people say, well, I've tried to go on the Get My Payment site and put in my uh, deposit information, my banking information, and they're having trouble even doing that. Um, and I have got one retired client in particular every week I hear from him going, yeah, I don't have my check yet. Who has gotten their check? And those physical checks that are going out, too, are also slower to uh, be received. Uh, I did, however, receive something from the IRS, and when I uh, it was an envelope in the mail, and I got a little bit nervous because it was an official IRS form. Uh, but it turned out to be the letter from the president saying that I was going to be getting the money, which I had gotten a couple weeks before. So that was a little sigh of relief because, like I said, I thought, oh, my gosh, am I being audited? What did I do wrong? Uh, because it was an official IRS form or whatever, but it was the the letter that I guess uh, everyone is uh, – no matter how you're getting the money, uh, will be getting that um, that letter uh, saying that it's that either you've got or it's or it's on the way. So, Kevin, did you get a letter? letter – um, well, in that letter, Kevin, did it say uh, we're going to send it by direct deposit or is it going to be a paper check? Did it tell you that? Um, I really just kind of scanned through it, uh, so I don't remember exactly. But I don't just – like I said, having just kind of skimmed through it, I don't remember it saying you know, how you would get it. I think it was just sort of like you're going to get one. And that kind of thing. Uh, but I mm-hmm. actually, I should have uh, read it a little bit closer. But like I say, once I saw what it was and, you know, I'd gotten my my direct deposit, I kind of, you know, uh, file 13 did. <laughs> yeah, you were like, I've already gotten the money. What's the big deal? Um, exactly. But for those people who, who haven't gotten it, I, I would think they would want to know how is that money coming to me and uh, what week can I expect to receive that money? This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. If you're listening and have a question, maybe about the economic impact payments or financial, uh, personal finance in general, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline dot org. Uh, Nancy, there were some additional hoops uh, to jump through for uh, people to get uh, the uh, economic impact payments for their children. Maybe if you could sort of remind us uh, what that procedure was and maybe some of the hoops that are being jumped through. 
Well, I think you just have to make sure you file and say, I do have dependents in my house and in order to get that payment. And I believe the big issue had to do with people who were getting SSI payments, um, who are on disability, to make sure that um, they do register and uh, there is a deadline on that. I don't remember what that is. Do you know? Uh, yeah, Liz, our producer uh, mentioned to me that today is the deadline for that. So if uh, if that's the case for someone listening, they need to go ahead and, and um, act on that uh, uh, today. Um, do we have so, a site where they should go to um, then file for that? Um, I don't know. Liz, do you have some information for us on that? I do. Yeah, the S- Supplemental Security Income Recipients and Low-Income Veterans Who Receive Pensions from the Department of Veterans Affairs who don't file returns can expect to see their money in May. But if they have children, they're due an actual $500 per dependent. But they won't get this money until next year unless they give dependent information to the IRS. And here's the website. We'll also have this also on our website. It's irs.gov slash coronavirus slash, and then this is kind of long, non-filers-enter-payment-info-here. So it's irs.gov slash coronavirus slash non-filers-enter-payment-info-here. Now, the Social Security recipients who have children under under the age of 17, that date has already passed for them getting their additional money for the dependents right now. They will need to file a full return, uh, you know, before April 15th of 2021, and then they'll get the additional money. The other group that uh, a friend of mine falls into that I thought was interesting was uh, he has paid income tax and he uh, he gave the IRS a bank account from which to draw that uh, money to pay his taxes. Well, in order for him to get uh, a dire- his check direct deposited in that same account, he got to go to the get your payment part of the IRS website uh, to put in that information. Even if the IRS has the bank account information to withdraw your taxes owed, it still needs you to give them it again so that they can send the check to you, which seems kind of odd. But I mean, I guess that's that would be the way for someone in that situation. So, Nancy, uh, what about some folks uh, who have gotten the check? What what groups, uh, I guess, uh, people who were re- do a refund and, and maybe did the direct deposit route? Right. Um, those are the ones who got that first round. And what I'm hearing is that was immediately just deposited into their accounts. And um, so we've been looking at, well, what are people spending that money on? You're a good barometer there, Kevin, because it's kind of what we're hearing from other folks. I might spend a little of it, but I'm saving a portion of it. Uh, A lot of people are spending it on groceries, on rent or mortgage payments uh, to help with that. And so it's not really stimulative at that point. It's just trying to keep us afloat. We also have um, people who are still waiting for those stimulus payments, 
and um, and some of them are very anxious because they need those funds just to manage their expenses right now. And so there's been a delay along those lines. Um, I think it's going to take a while for all of this to roll out. I'm trying to tell pe- people to be patient because this is a big undertaking. And um, and as you mentioned, the Get My Payment system, I'm hearing people saying they're having trouble putting in their banking information on the Get My Payment system. So that's a problem, too. Yeah, I think uh, like a lot of uh, online things with so many people uh, you know, trying to get that information or put in that information, they're probably bogging down the system a bit. So I would say patience, although uh, that's easier for for me to say because I've already gotten uh, my impact payment. We are talking about the economic impact payments on Money Talks. If you have a question for Nancy, you can also send an email. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. We'll continue talking about the economic impact payments after the break. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. You're listening to Money Talks. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app when you can listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. We've been talking a little bit about the economic impact payments, but also are looking for your personal finance questions this morning on this open topic show. Uh, So, producer Liz Gill, do we have a caller on the line? All right, John, thanks for calling. Go ahead, please. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you so much, uh, and good morning to all of you. So uh, I have kind of a general question. Um, the um, Obviously, with the economic stimulus, the Fed has pumped money into the economy. Um, some projections by the end of the year are up to $12 trillion. Um, already, the Fed was subsidizing about half the industry in the United States, agriculture, oil, real estate. Um, I guess my question is, is there, is there no end to the amount of money that the Fed can pump into the economy? And because of that, why do we even pay taxes? Oh, wow. Um, well, um, boy, this is a tough one, and it's a big question. Because the federal government has the ability to create money. We always say, oh, they can print money. Well, they're not actually printing it. They are creating it. Um, the state governments don't have that ability. That's why the state governments have been asking for help from the federal government. When you're in the middle of a crisis like this, you do want to throw a lot of money at it. 
and um, you need to just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And I've tried to tell people to be patient. Not all of these programs will be perfect. They won't roll out perfectly. We're seeing that with the stimulus package, with the uh, money going to individuals, uh, as well as the money going to businesses. So there's going to be problems, but you're going to have to have the federal government support that. Now, the biggest problem that I see is that we went into this with very large deficits. And normally in expansionary times, you would expect the government to really, you know, put money in the storehouse, build up those reserves. We did not. We were already seeing widening deficits. And so that is compounding the problem because right now it's not that big of a problem. They can create as much money as they want. They can support all of this, push it out. The problem is going to be on the other side with how we unwind all of this. And the concern is once we get to the other side, we're going to have pent-up demand um, as we're all you know, sitting at home, not doing all those things that we'd like to do, and suddenly we're going to be, boom, we're out there, we're ready to go, we, we feel like um, this illness is past us, and that could then lead to inflation, and inflation in times when we have very high debt levels, and that's going to be a problem. But, you know, right now, I'm not going to fault them for doing this, because this is exactly what they need to be doing, is to try to support and undergird our economy in any way possible, and then we're going to have to deal with the problems on the other side. Um, I think you're. I think you're being extremely optimistic that people will run out and spend a lot of money when they get the opportunity. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, John, because uh, this is a conversation we're having with folks right now. Is what is life going to look like? And yes, as um, uh, the economy starts to open up, you can tell people businesses are open, but are they going to go? You know, I, I have conversations with friends of mine. I'm, you know, are you going to go in a crowded restaurant? And would we go to a concert or would we go to a sporting event? Um, you know, I'm still going to the grocery store. I'm dipping into the home store occasionally, um, but I'm still cautious. Um, people with children are going to be buying clothes and shoes for them because they're outgrowing those things. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be going clothes shopping anytime soon. Now, when we expect that to end has to be at the point where we have a good vaccine that is widely distributed. It's only going to be when the illness is completely behind us that we'll go back to that. So you're right. We're going to go through a long stretch of time where you can say business is open, but we're not going to be back to where we were before. Well, the other issue is if you're worried about whether or not your job is going to be there in a year from now. Um, exactly. So, I mean, now, the, the obviously, spending habits and saving habits have changed in America. But in the good old days, if you were worried about losing your job in here, you would save money. You wouldn't go out and spend it. Right. And that's also what we're seeing with the stimulus money that's going out because people are concerned and they're worried about their jobs. And that's, you know, that's the other thing we think about. What is life going to look like on the other side? What are the businesses that will be gone? And we know there will be some. Uh, what are the businesses, and we're already seeing some businesses that are doing very well. Look at how much more we're spending on groceries. Like 
like 25% more. Those companies are doing well. Um, but it, it's a strange kind of thing. Do you know that health care is one of the things that is getting really kicked in the teeth right now? And you think that sounds weird because uh, aren't they fighting this virus? Well, yes, they are. But all of those other things that we were doing before, you know, whether it's our knee replacement, our hip replacement, uh, going to the doctor for various reasons, all of that has stopped. So we're not sure what it's going to look like on the other side, what businesses will win and which ones will disappear. Um, but there will be a change. And I think the longer we stay in this period, um, the more it changes our behavior. And the the real issue is looking at how many things that we were sort of doing mobily before, and now the expectation is we'll be ramping up and doing more of that. And now people are talking about, well, I want to work remotely more. I want to have that flexibility and be at home more. Um, and what about business travel? Uh, my son-in-law, who often travels weeks at a time, his company has said, you will not be traveling at all until the first of the year. So there's some real changes that will be occurring. All right, John, thanks for that question. Very thought-provoking. Next on the line, we've got Elizabeth calling in from Byram. Elizabeth, you're on the air with us, so go ahead, please. Hello, good morning. Um, I've been wondering about my grandmother. She's in a nursing home. She's on Medicaid, and she's going to end up getting a $1,200 direct deposit. Do I, has the Division of Medicaid said how they're going to handle that? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, and typically you are supposed to have a limit, I believe, of 2000 in bank accounts to still qualify for Medicaid. Is that right? Um, so if you've got... Total assets of 4000 Okay, so if you have um, 1200 coming in, then... <laughs> Uh, if you go beyond that limit, and of course, this is really a weird kind of thing because I think they're considering it an advance tax almost, or credit, an advance credit on that uh, angle. Um, I'm not sure. We're going to have to check on that one to see if that would okay. bump you out of Medicaid. I just got to find that out. Well, it most definitely would. It will kick her off of Medicaid if they count it. Also, you're supposed to report any additional incomes to Medicaid throughout the year. So do I need to make a report and let them do a new calculations and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it's going to affect a lot of people because everybody's going to be getting, you know, or I'd say 80% of the people on Medicaid are probably going to be getting this $1,200. So Right, Elizabeth. Um, and, and I really need to, to research this because it doesn't make sense that money coming from the government to stimulate the economy could then um, have an, an impact on your qualification for a government program. It doesn't make sense that that would happen. But we've seen weird things before. Um, let me do some research, and I'll let the guys at Money Talks know what we find out. That'd be wonderful, yeah, because, um, you know, I haven't heard anything on all of the public announcements, and, and I think it affects far, far greater numbers of people. So, yeah, we'd appreciate the guidance. Right. Thank you for your time. That's a good question. All right, Elizabeth, uh, thanks for that call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Next up on the line, Sarah has called in from Jackson. You're on the air with us, Sarah. Go ahead, please. Yes, good morning. Um, 
I was just coming uh, on to tuning in, and you may have already answered this question, but I'm not sure. Now, uh, two question, quick questions. If you are on a child having to pay child support and you are laid off, are you do you qualify for the stimulus packet or any any tax funds? Well, the, the stimulus money, that $1,200 per person, um, is strictly related to your income. And they're basing it either on your 2018 adjusted gross income on your tax form or your 2019 if you have filed that already. So uh, the child support um, probably gives you some sort of deduction there. But whether or not you're laid off, um, again, it's just strictly the income. My concern is for some people, maybe they were above the income limit to not qualify, and now you've been laid off, and you really should qualify based on what's happen- happening currently. And um, I would say you need to contact the IRS at that point. Okay. And the second question that I'm asking for um another person if you um, file if you're taking care of a disabled person and you file them on your taxes and so that understanding is that that disabled person does not get the stimulus packet the person that files gets it does that right. qualify the disabled person to get any funds because the thing is now that we're hearing is that you're going to get other funds, but I don't know if that's the truth or not. It's just so this saying. person is a dependent on your taxes, right? Well, I'm asking for another lady, yes. Okay. Well, that's what it sounds like, that this person is a dependent on somebody yeah. else's taxes. Yes, she's um, a dependent so, on, on this other lady's taxes, yes. Well, my understanding at this point is... Um, it's only the one that is filing the taxes who gets the stimulus amount uh, money. And so if you're a dependent on somebody else's taxes, you don't qualify on a standalone. But I do need to check on that because uh, a disability, that is a different situation. Okay. Anything else? Um, no, no, no. Uh, yes, uh, the question is... Um, are there other funds that's going to be available, or is that it, the, the $12,000 that she's already received? Well, the $1,200. I'm sorry, um, the $1,200. Right, yeah. It would be nice to be $12,000, there. Right? Yeah. Well, we, we do think there will be other bills that come out, and there is talk of another stimulus bill. And, again, I go back to my conversation I had with John, which is we're in a – truly unusual situation and so we do need the government to support and undergird to get us through this and we are expecting additional bills to come out and we just have to monitor those and pay attention to what's happening and see how you might qualify all right sarah thanks for that call we'll get one call in before our next break so let's talk this morning to david from mobile good morning david you're on the air with us Good morning. Uh, Just a little input, if I may, on the Get My Payment site. Um, We, my wife and I, last two years have had to pay the IRS. And the payment was electronic payment from our checking account to the IRS. That 
information did not go, as was earlier noted, to the other downhill side. You had to go to get my payment. Uh, and for a couple of weeks, we found that it was telling us, you know, you're not in the system yet. Just, you know, keep trying. So on a daily basis, uh, I went online to the site. And about a week ago, it changed and showed that our payment was going to be coming actually tomorrow and it would be directly to our uh, checking account deposited electronically and then it asked for uh, specific information as to your adjusted gross income uh, you know my name, my wife's name, and a little uh, basic information. And once I plugged that in, then it um, you know, clearly said that you're fine, you qualify, uh, and it's coming on this date. All right, David, thank you for that. So persistence pays off, and I think yeah, one way that the IRS verifies a person's identity is that adjusted gross income. So good to hear that. Uh, glad that you're finally getting that stimulus money. And again, persistence pays off for sure in this case. We'll continue our discussion on this open topic day and talking about the economic impact payments in just a bit. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio. Or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and a chartered financial analyst. Uh, so our producer, Liz Gill, has some emails to get to, but Nancy, you wanted to share a story first. Uh, go ahead. Right. Um, many of our listeners know that I have a real problem with these electronic credit card statements. Uh, I'm old school. I like for it to show up in the mail. And so I've occasionally missed paying my credit card because I missed that electronic notice. Well, it happened to me again this month because everything was crazy. The first of April, my email box was just flooded, and it wasn't until the weekend that I thought, oh, I don't think I've made a payment in a while. And so when I checked on it, I saw, oh, my goodness, I was late. And I immediately set up the payment, and I thought, well, I need to just ask. I didn't try calling them because I know they're overloaded. I sent them a message through the Secure Message Center and just said, with the coronavirus and all the craziness, I missed the email. Um, I was concerned about it affecting my credit score, and I also asked if they would waive the late fee. I got a response this morning saying, first of all, we're not going to report any late uh, payments unless they're two months in a row, so I'm good there, and they waived the late fee and interest charges, and I'm like, you know, it just pays to ask. 
That's true. And I think uh, during this time, I think um, a lot of companies are being um, a little bit more generous. I know that the, um, the the gas bill that I pay, when you pay online, there's normally a, sm- a slight uh, service charge. Uh, that's being waived each month so that uh, because they know of this uh, difficult situation we're in. One thing that uh, reminded me that I need to pay more attention uh, to my credit card statements, and I've tried to get on a habit of checking them regularly to check on payments, is that I got an email uh, this morning telling me that my cannabis gummies order was ready to be picked up Uh-oh. by May, May 5th. And I'm like, uh, I don't know where that came from. And so Nobody's I thought, you know, was I hacked? So I went ahead and checked all of my credit cards and my uh, my bank, you know, my uh, my debit card. Uh, so I, I didn't see any fraudulent charges on there. But uh, those, I don't know, those scammers come up with with strange ways to kind of get you nervous. And I think that's what they're counting on. Obviously, as you kind of panic for just a bit and then do something you shouldn't do. But always take a deep breath and think about it, and then check things out. Well, and know that you know a lot of us are ordering online right now. We're giving our credit card out uh, online and over the phone as we're trying to manage our lives stuck inside. And so there's more opportunity for somebody to grab your numbers and uh, do something questionable. So you really need to pay attention. And I'm going to pay more attention. Well, you know, one thing I kind of agree with you, Nancy. When you get an email notification that you have a bill due, sometimes in the crush of all the spam emails that a lot of us tend to get, it gets lost in the shuffle. So what I've tried to start doing to make sure I don't forget is to actually just print out you know, the email or something. And then I have that as, again, sort of my own paper uh, bill, as it were, invoice. And so that helps me remember uh, at the end of the month when I'm doing my uh, when I'm doing my bill payment that I need to include that one in there as well. Kevin, we've got uh, a couple of emails let's get to before we get to Jerry in Batesville. Uh, one was just from a fan in Gulfport, and it says, hey, y'all, the letter states that I am receiving $1,200 by direct deposit. I received the letter after I received the payment. Great show. So that was uh, someone who was in your situation, Kevin. We also got an email from Denise. Uh, Nancy, Denise says, my husband and I did not qualify for the stimulus payment in 2018 because our income was over $200,000. Our income will qualify for 2019, but we will not file a tax return until July 15th. Will we receive a payment and when? Oh, wow. That's an issue for a lot of people, especially if you're a self-employed person uh, where your income does fluctuate or if you've had a big event, uh, maybe you've sold some property in one year and now it's going to bring you down the next year. They are depending on those filings. And um, what a lot of people I know are doing is they're trying to go ahead and even though the deadline is July 15th to file for 2019, they're trying to get those filings in as soon as possible. You should still qualify. Qualify Even if you don't file until July 15th, it could be just later in the summer before you get a payment. We have one more email that I'd like to uh, address for you, Nancy. Um, this is from Paul. Uh, Dear Ms. Lotridge-Anderson and Mr. Farrell, my wife and I have received our $2,400 stimulus, but our dependent son is older than 17 and disabled. Is there anything we need to do for him or are we out of luck? 
he has he has too much in assets to qualify for SSI, and we get a payment from Social Security based on my wife's earning record. Oh, this is a tough one uh, because again, it, it's up to sixteen years old uh, for those dependents. This is someone who is still a dependent. Um, I wonder if they are filing taxes for him separately or if he is listed as a dependent on their tax records, which could muddy the waters a bit. Um, This is another situation I need to get my folks working on some research because it's so unusual for somebody that's disabled. You think they would waive that age limit, but we need to find out. All right, this is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lodridge-Anderson taking your calls this morning. Next, I think that we've got a caller on the line. Let's go to Jerry in Batesville. Good morning, Jerry. You're on the air with us. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, My question was I kind of come in uh, shy of the information that y'all gave out on uh, who, who we would get in touch with to uh, get the information for the stimulus package. All right. Uh, We did give out some information, um, Jerry, if you have dependents. Is that your situation? No, ma'am. Well, my my daughters, they've already received theirs. They're they're up and grown, but it's me and my wife, and uh, uh, we haven't received anything, so... I was just checking, you know, uh, to get the information to see whether I could get in touch with them and and see whether we was going to receive anything. Um, Jerry, did you file taxes last year? Yes, ma'am. I file every year. Okay. Um, have you gotten refunds in the past, or do you pay in? I pay in. Okay. Um, do you have internet access and a computer? Uh, no, ma'am. I'm, I actually, uh, I'm old school like the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I understand. All right. Do you have daughters or grandchildren who who are savvy? Yes, ma'am, I do. Okay. You need to get them, Get on. call them, get on the phone with them, and have, uh, have them go online to the irs.gov and look for Get My Payment. And they're going to put in your information and see if they can figure out where your payment is in all of this. It was great to hear from David about what his experience was because I've heard people saying, I can't get through on the Get My Payment. And what he said is they're gradually loading this information. So if you go one time and and it doesn't pop up with, with what's happening with your stimulus money, then you need to keep doing this day after day. And, of course, we don't have anything else to do, so let's do this. Uh, but get your family involved to help you with going online and finding out. Okay. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks for your call, Jerry. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, there's still time to give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 or email us. It's money at mpbonline.org. After this break, got a couple of calls. We'll talk to Anna and Lambert and John in Madison. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio.
Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. you found our show Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives. Here's a reminder, every Tuesday at 10, you can listen to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. So, Nancy, uh, we've got about seven minutes left. Got a couple of calls on the line, so let's see if we can work through as many of these as possible. We'll start again with Anna calling in from Lambert. Go ahead, Anna. You're on the air with us. Good morning. How you doing? I'm calling the ads. I, I was listening to this, y'all were talking about the people that get SSI. Well, they draw uh, a stimulus check. Did you get just SSI? Yes, you should. Um, as long as uh, for a single person, if your income is 75000 or below, or if you are in a couple, if you're 150000 or below, you will get the full stimulus I, money. Uh, 1200 person per person. I just get 700 and some dollars a month. I still qualify yes. to the check. You, sh- you should still qualify, and you should still receive that. And then uh, if someone carries you on their uh, income tax, will you still get your this, uh, stimulus check? Now, ask that question again. If, you, if someone files you on their income tax. Uh, you so you're a, you're a dependent on somebody else's taxes. I, 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 they don't know that. They don't know that they did that. So that's really not asking. Oh, okay. I want to know if, myself. If, if you're a dependent on somebody else's taxes, you will not qualify. But if you are standalone, um, I am alone. you either you are file taxes on your own or you oh, don't okay. file at all and you're not listed as a dependent on somebody else's, you should still qualify. Well, I don't I don't have no taxes at all. I'm listening as someone file me on there. I will not get the stimulus check. I don't get nothing I, but it's just that's all I get. Again, but you're you're telling me that you are listed on somebody else's taxes, right? They 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 don't they did they don't know what they did it or not. That's when I'm asking so I can pass okay. it on. If, if they did, then you do not qualify. Okay, that's what I want to know then. Thank you. Thanks, Anna, for your call. Next, we've got uh, John on the line from Madison. It's your turn, John. Go ahead. Hey, thanks. Uh, I manage a nursing home, and we uh, had that question about the uh, stimulus payment and its effect on our residents. And we talked to Medicaid, and they said it did not uh, affect the patient liability. So uh, that's just their money, and it's not going to be offset. And so I would assume if that's true for the nursing home residents on their Medicaid uh, uh, patient liability portion that should be true on the on the qualification uh, requirement. So I just wanted to pass that along. Oh, John, thanks so much for that information because that is going to be a lot of people who will be thinking about that. So that was Elizabeth who called earlier, um, and it looks like that is not going to be a problem for Medicaid if you get that twelve hundred dollar payment. That's what we understand. Yeah. Thanks, John. Great. Good call, John. Thanks for passing along that bit of information to us. Let's uh, do one final call this hour, and it goes to Mary in Oxford. Good morning, Mary. Go ahead. Good morning. Sorry I had had muted myself. Um, I heard you say that uh, the government creates money. How does the government create money? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. How much time do we have left for a class on the creation of money? 
Um, well, basically, it is through the Federal Reserve System, and our banks um, have accounts with the Federal Reserve. And um, when the Federal Reserve buys bonds, um, then they push money out to the banks. And when they push money out, the idea is that the banks can then have that uh, additional money they can loan out. So that's a short version, but it's a very weird system, and uh, they have the ability to both create money and destroy money, um, which is what they do as they try to do their dual objective, which both of these cannot be done at the same time, which is they're supposed to be promoting uh, full employment and growth, economic growth, but they're also supposed to hold back inflation. So they're going to do one of those at a time, and right now they're trying to promote economic growth and employment, and later on they'll worry about inflation, and when they do that, they'll start to destroy the money, bring it back in. Well, I don't understand this about creating and destroying, but of what basis is our money uh, on is it it's not the gold standard anymore is it no no and it hasn't been the gold standard for a long long time that's why um, I understood. right right uh, our, our money is backed by the full faith and credit of the u.s government and the strength of that is what um gives our money value so with the deficit the way it is how can we have strength uh, well, <laughs> it's an excellent question because, you know, right now we're not concerned about the deficit so much. We will be concerned about later on when we look at um, how do we cover long-term needs like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and defense. Um, but right now we're just trying to promote economic activity. But still, the U.S. government is looked on as the strongest economy in the world. We represent about a quarter of the global economy. Um, at this point, um, folks still have very good confidence in our government and in our money. All right, Mary, thanks for your call. Uh, almost out of time. I think, Nancy, last week we did have a question, uh, but another note about the economic impact payment. If it's sent to a closed bank account, if someone has changed bank accounts since their last time uh, filing taxes, the bank will uh, transfer the money back to the IRS. In that case, a payment will likely come later uh, by a check in the mail. And another unusual thing, the IRS has inadvertently sent checks to deceased people. Uh, families are expected to send back those checks as well. So uh, thanks. A lot of good questions. Nancy, always good uh, to hear from you, and thanks for the work that you do for us each week. Thanks, Kevin. And um, that last question is like, oh, my gosh, we need to post a, an entire video about creation and destruction of money. It's a complicated one. All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or a previous show, you can go to moneytalks.mpbonline.org or just listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, I'm Kevin Farrell. Join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.